0: However, with this next generation of microcontrollers, what we started to do is add specific hardware accelerators into these devices that specifically process the types of models that are used in machine learning in a super efficient way. So, you know, we have a radar example internally where we look at kind of benchmarking on a Cortex. M four just a 150 megahertz device versus these new PSOC Edge devices with Neuronet accelerators. And we're talking about a thousand times improvement. Hi, everyone.
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Make IoT Work podcast. My name is Thomas Reinhardt. I'm your host and I'm really excited to have this great opportunity sharing this podcast with all of you. Today's podcast is once again all about artificial intelligence. But today we want to focus on AI at the edge. Edge AI is enabling the next generation of smart systems by transferring the intelligence and new functionalities directly on the device, such as an intuitive human machine interface based on speech or gestures. This is paving the way to a world of seamless interaction, transforming the way we live, work and play. And Edge AI also offers many advantages in terms of data privacy, security, energy efficiency and latency, just to name a couple of them. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and instead introduce my guest today. We have invited Stephen Tetosian to join us for this episode. Stephen is a senior vice president of microcontrollers at Infineon. Together with his team, he recently introduced a new microcontroller to the market specifically for applications at the edge. So welcome, Steven. Thank you for inviting me.
0: I'm really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks. So for our listeners, for whom artificial intelligence maybe primarily means chat or such tools, and who may not have heard of edge AI, what is this all about? Just very briefly.
0: So very briefly, it is about creating an opportunity for applications to enable more local control. So what this means in terms of things that are popular today, like ChatGPT or many of these uh, voice engines, they actually operate in the cloud. So Cloud AI uses these centralized servers where information or data is transferred back and forth and processed in the cloud, and then a a result is sent back to the edge device. Um, When we talk about edge AI, actually the processing is done locally on the device, generally speaking in very lightweight, low power microcontrollers. Um, The advantages of this are that it reduces latency, uh, so it gives a more real-time control capability, uh, and, and a simple example would be voice control to turn your lights on. Whereas I think the human experience with turning the lights on is you walk into a dark room, you flip the switch and you expect the lights to come on immediately. If, if you're using your voice and there's a cloud involved, it may take two seconds, five seconds you know, and, and, and it's uncomfortable, and you don't know, should I restate the command, or is it just waiting for the information to come back and turn my lights on? But when things are done locally, it removes this transfer the the, the voice data to the cloud, process it, and send a command back. It's all done locally, and, and, and frankly, nearly instantaneously, just like the human experience already with turning a switch on, the lights come on. So, it's an example of being able to Remove uh, or significantly reduce the latency and the and the determinism of of these systems. Um, it also then removes the reliance on having a a, a cloud connection uh, with the device. Even though many of these edge devices will remain cloud connected for multiple reasons, uh, but for the command and control or the user interpretation, um, that cloud connect connectivity becomes a less critical path for the functioning of the device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the end, of course, the the goal here is to enable smarter, faster, safer, and and most importantly, you know, more efficient systems for for end users. Mm -hmm. These are are
1: really great examples, or this is a great example where we can see that AI can really improve our experience as a consumer, meaning the interaction with the device, also known as human-machine interaction. Besides this topic with the uh, turning on the light off and on and so on and so forth, what are other examples where we can see that in our environment?
0: So maybe I'll give a couple examples. I'll start with another kind of home example, which might be your your thermostat or you know your temperature control of 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 your home. Um, you know, I know in my home there's lots of opinions on 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 uh, what the temperature should be in the house. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, you know maybe it's okay that some people have the let's say the authority or the ability to to control that and and, and others maybe not so much. Uh, and, and a simple way to do this right is for for the thermostat or the control unit to recognize um, a let's say user authority based on on recognition of that individual. And that recognition can be in, done in in multiple ways. It can be done visually right with a with a camera. So using things like face ID like we're used to on our to to open or unlock our phones, but it can also be done with unique voice signatures. So, you know, recognizing my my voice versus my child's voice to enable temperature control in the home. Um, But beyond that, you know, there's a, a interaction with these devices, which is explicit, but also there's an implicit one where these devices can become more aware of of our environment, and if I go back to this temperature control uh, example in the home, for example, with with microphones in in the device, perhaps it can it is intelligent enough to know when when people are home based on footsteps, or when they leave the home based on a door closing. So these devices become more uh, well much smarter and. Enable more autonomous control based on the environmental awareness of of the the conditions they are working to control in a in a industrial environment, you know there may be a different use case, for example, on an assembly line, there may be uh, safety concerns, so in this case, we may use something like a radar sensor to detect if if a human uh, or a part of a human, for example, a hand. Uh, is in a position or a place where it shouldn't be from a safety perspective, and then can take the appropriate action, which may mean shutting down a piece of equipment or um, or sounding an alarm uh, so that that person moves to a safe safe place. You know, another really favorite uh, example of mine is you know we we in acquired a, a, a machine learning tool suite company called Imagimob uh earlier uh in 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 2023 and uh you know they they worked with a customer that does uh welding for the automotive industry and one really interesting thing that i learned about welding there is that you know the quality of the weld uh you know there's lots of ways to check that different uh in uh, different tests and measurements to to check the quality of a weld but Actually it's the a, a really well trained welder's ear has been uh historically one way to determine if the weld quality is high, meaning no voids and no uh no no issues with, with the weld from a strength perspective. Um however it takes a really highly skilled and well-trained welder um to, to pick that up and often you know this is happening in an otherwise potentially noisy environment. So This, this, uh, our, our, uh, our partner here, Imagimob, or the, the company that Infineon acquired had a, had a customer that was using machine learning essentially to learn these capabilities. So based on the sound, uh, that was made by these automatic welding machines to be able to predict the quality of a weld and actually had quite some success, uh, in doing so. So very much uh, a lot of opportunity for us to do these these ad intelligence locally on these devices across a range of end applications um, that augment uh, the human experience uh, in the environment.
1: Thank you. These are really, really great examples. They're very tangible, but you already touched one thing. It is a very complex interplay of different microelectronic components you you need in place right a, a sound system so to say between sensors and and so on and so forth how does that work could you explain that
0: yeah sure so at uh, there, there's I, I think i'll separate it into, into two aspects one is the the hardware aspect so what's happening uh on the device locally um and and as you mentioned at the beginning of of the podcast right is we had um recently announced a new family of microcontrollers called PSOC Edge uh specifically targeting uh these kind of capabilities at the edge. So on the on the MCU then itself, it's about the, the compute performance. Okay. Um so there's a a a model that will get created and I'm gonna come to the to the software question in a second here. But there is some software running on the device that will Based on sensor data input, uh, make a decision, okay? And so, first of all, that data has to come into the device through a sensor. And I mentioned a few sensors already. It could be a microphone. It could be radar. It could be an inertial sensor. Lots of different – it could be a gas sensor. Lots of different sensors in our environment. It could be a combination of multiple sensors as well, depending on on the application. Um, that data gets streamed into the microcontroller and then that microcontroller processes that data in the context of this model uh, for the for the quote-unquote known environment and, and then makes the decision accordingly. So there's different ways then on the hardware to take advantage of this, right? One way is just brute force um, and uh, that that doesn't take advantage of any specific processing capabilities. Um, but the higher performance the processor, the quicker the math can be done. And this is why I think you see that historically on these edge devices, you've had some pretty heavy, uh, microprocessors, um, doing this because they had a lot of, I'll call it brute force processing power. And to do that in a timely manner, you would, you would leverage that, uh, uh, higher performance, uh, more expensive, um, more power consuming microprocessor. However, with this next generation of microcontrollers, what we started to do is add specific hardware accelerators into these devices that specifically process the types of models that are used in machine learning in a super efficient way. So you know we have a, a radar example um internally where we look at kind of benchmarking on a on a, a cortex m4 just kind of 150 megahertz device versus these new psoc edge devices with with neural net accelerators and we're talking about a thousand times improvement right so it's not you know a comparison of well this generation of 150 megahertz mcu now we move to a 250 megahertz mcu and it gets much better it gets it gets twice as fast we're talking about a thousand times improvement uh, in terms of performance in these systems by adding these these hardware accelerators. Um, on the software side, this is also important. So we have this hardware system, which is a combination of of one or more sensors plus a, a microcontroller. And then on the software side, there's a tool chain that, that our developers use. Uh, again, uh, for example, Imagimob, which starts all the way from Data collection. So if I if I know a problem but I don't have any data to solve that problem yet, you can start by collecting data, and then you have to uh, label that data. And the tool supports labeling that data. So this is a good scenario, and this is a bad scenario, for example. Um, so the, the the machine can start to understand what what it is uh, the system is looking for. Um, and then and then based on that data set then the tool chain uh will create a model and then we put that model to run locally uh on an MCU. So again, I I'll just summarize it's a it's a it's a system of hardware software, and that hardware is split then also between sensors and microcontrollers. You already talked about significant performance upgrades, so to say, or
1: uplift. What other advantages do device designers have when they go for the of
0: Edge? Okay, that's a great question. So uh, I did mention on the, the, the performance advantages uh, already. So let me talk about what those advantages actually enable then uh, more from a system perspective. So again, when you add more intelligence at the end, it opens up a new set of, of use cases and or enables a set of existing use cases at a lower system cost a lower system power, uh, and often uh, in in a way that is more secure and more private uh, as well. So by more secure and more private, there I mean uh, the data never needs to actually leave the device. Uh, So we're not talking about streaming uh, video or audio uh, to the cloud where it gets stored somewhere in some third-party server. This actually can be all processed and then discarded uh locally uh on on the device so when we look at this from a system perspective we look at advantages being um higher performance more real-time control and then an, a significant advantage in system costs and that system cost is about you know depending on the system it can come through lower cloud connectivity costs it can come from a lower bill of materials because of uh MCU systems are generally very optimized from a hardware system hardware perspective and it can also come from things like a smaller battery uh or longer battery life uh, in in these systems if we're talking about uh portable systems
1: Hmm. You already anticipated one of my uh, follow-up questions with regard to uh, the topic of data protection and, and, and privacy. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that. What is, what is, what is it that the PSOC Edge and this, this new system design, so to say, can provide here?
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. So if we look at this um, in the context, again, as, a, in a, in a, as an example in always-on voice, So today, right, uh, if you look at voice systems today, um, they're either plugged into the wall like a smart speaker, you charge it at at least once a day, if not multiple times a day, like your your phone or maybe you have a smart watch uh, that gets charged every night, or uh, it has a huge battery like your car, Um, but really an always-on voice system that uh, isn't plugged in and isn't recharged on a daily basis. Those are, those are kind of, um, actually I, I don't really believe those exist today. Uh, and there's a challenge there because when these systems are on and listening, there's a, there's the way they're designed today, uh, they do consume a fair amount of power. And as a result of that, um, you know, does system designers need to make a trade off in terms of the, the battery size and, uh, and the system cost. So, with PSOC Edge, what we've enabled is this always-on voice, as an example, in ultra-low power. So here we have a, a specific low-power domain on the device, which is a Cortex-M33 paired with a proprietary Neuronet processor we call NN Lite. So a, a very lightweight processor that is specifically listening at all times for, uh, first of all, an audio event. So is something happening? Do we think somebody is going to say something? uh and then uh can start to ramp up in terms of okay they did utter something is that the keyword I'm looking for and if it is then it gets sent to the higher performance domain which is a Cortex M55 with the helium DSP extensions paired with a, a Neuronet uh uh coprocessor called the Ethos U55. And then that once that ramps up then it enables a whole set of local language uh commands. So here we're able to then enable um, devices to, that are battery powered to be always on for voice, and it could be voice, but there are other use cases as well that a device may always want to be listening to. That's portable, um, but extending battery life from perhaps a day in 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 most of the devices around us today, that to maybe three four weeks between charges, as an example. Mm-hmm. That's that's really. Wow,
1: <laughs> that's a lot. So, <laughs> uh, so both data privacy and ultra low power consumptions are huge advantages. From what I see, maybe you can supplement even more. What are the other advantages, especially with a focus on the end user?
0: Yeah, I think I think the the two key things here that I would just highlight again about, among uh, above the data privacy is is the better user experience. It's just more intuitive and if i go back to that first example about you know the, the 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 cloud you know did it take my command should i sit here and wait another second or two for the lights to come on or should i reissue the command right so just a better more seamless user experience uh when we're explicitly interacting with the device but also the device becoming more intelligent and predicting the user behavior right so i'm not necessarily Explicitly interacting, but implicitly interacting with the device. So overall, better user experience, and then I come back to you know this, this lower system cost as well, because that absolutely will will trickle down to to the end user as well. As as these devices hit new price points in the market, they will be more uh, accessible to the to the broader market, and that that for end consumers, you know, uh, as as individual users, but also for for businesses or or industrial uh, use cases as well. Mm-hmm. So lower system costs
1: at better user experience. It sounds a bit contradictory, I must admit. So, uh, but I'm sure you can uh, elaborate on that one.
0: Yeah. So on the lower system cost, again, I, if we compare it to a, a, a microprocessor-based system that that you know is higher power consuming. So again, if we just look at a portable application, we we don't have as large a battery for the same for same lifetime. Um, we remove a, a PMIC, which is a, a dedicated power management controller, or IC, that, that's needed in, 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 in a, in a processor based system. Um, processor based system may have a fan to cool the device as well. So, so that's removed because on an MCU you have, um, you know, very <laughs> much less power being dissipated through heat. Um, so it, just the overall system build. Uh, You also typically have a lot less memory in an MCU-based system because uh, MPUs are typically running a a higher-end operating system that consumes large amounts of memories um, that aren't, frankly, of direct value to the end-user experience. They're about running the system, not how the user interacts with the system. So there really are, uh, I'll say, hardware that is just removed from the system, and that cost goes with it when, when customers are able to reach these levels of performance with, uh, with a microcontroller-based system instead of a microprocessor-based system. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: I see. Following up what you just said over the last uh, 15 uh, to 20 minutes, I completely understand why many research companies are predicting that edge AI will overtake cloud AI in the future. So let's already move to the last question as time flies pretty fast today. Uh, a brief look into the future. Where will the journey take us in terms of microcontrollers? What is the next milestone on the roadmap?
0: So the next milestone specifically on our roadmap is the extension of this uh, new PSOC Edge family. So we announced the first set of devices um, last month. And you know this is just the beginning of, of uh, our investment in the PSOC Edge family. So there's a lot more uh, products to come with extended sets of capabilities. Um, But in parallel to that uh, and very tightly linked to that, you know, we are also continue to invest in the software and tools that enable these devices to really meet and exceed customer expectations. I think that's one thing that is really special about this this market today or this application area today is that the advances in the software and the tools is also happening rapidly along with the advances in the hardware. And that's kind of a win-win for for developers and, of course, end users of these products. Perfect.
1: Thank you very, very much, Stephen, for your exciting insights. It was such a great uh, and inspiring exchange. Unluckily, we are at the end of this episode. Dear listeners, if you want to learn more about us and our world of IoT, visit our website, Infineon.io. If you are currently listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast or leave a little review and comment there. Now, it only remains for me to wish you a good time. Take care and until the next time, goodbye.